Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome to episode 668 of the Talking Metal podcast. Before we get into the episode, I just want to say uh, thanks for all your recent voicemails, your uh, recent emails, your comments on the website. It's TalkingMetal.com. Keep leaving those comments uh, in a future episode. I definitely will read some of them and uh, play some of the, the recent voicemails we got. So keep the calls coming, keep the comments coming, hit me up on Twitter. I'm going to have a whole episode devoted to everything you guys are saying on social media and on the voicemail hotline coming up real soon. Having said that, today's episode is all about M3. This is the second of two podcast episodes devoted to our trip down to the great M3 Festival in Columbia, Maryland, which took place at the end of April 2017. My wife Emily was there with me, and uh, co-founder, Talking Metal co-founder John Astronomy, our buddy Ian McCurdy. Uh, We did some great coverage, the four of us, at the event, and we have a lot of that in today's epic episode. We got a Vixen interview. We have uh, an interview with Ace from Faster Pussycat. And you got to remember, this interview took place like like the day after, I guess, it was announced that Tammy Down was in the hospital, maybe two days after. I'm not exactly sure of the timing. Uh, so he gives us an update on Tammy at that time, which, again, was, you know, two over two weeks ago at this point. But, um, yeah, man, it's a, it's a fun episode. And we got Tony from uh, Tom Kiefer's band, Autograph. Jack Russell of Great White fame. Wow, what a legend. He's on the podcast today, too. So stay tuned for all that and more on today's episode of Talking Metal, which was recorded at M3. And one more quick thing before we get into the episode. Go to the show notes for this episode, 668, to see a bunch of pictures that Emily and I took at the M3 Festival. There's a great photo gallery up of performances and backstage footage, not footage, photos. And uh, yeah, that's in the show notes for 668. Also, we did a photo gallery from M3 or for M3 uh, for episode 667 too. So a lot of M3 photos up on TalkingMetal.com. Be sure to check them out. And enough. It's time for Talking Metal episode 668. Hey, this is Jack Russell. And Robbie Lochner. From Jack Russell's Great Great White, White. and you're listening to Talking Metal. Yeah. Hey, this is Cher. And this is Britt. 
from, from Vixen. Vixen, and you're listening to Talking Metal. This is Tony Higby, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Ace Von Johnson from Faster Pussycat, and you are listening to Talking Metal. This is Steve Litch from Autograph, and you're listening to Talking Metal. This is Mark Whelan from Autograph, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, it's Simon Daniels of Autograph, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, it's Randy Rand from Autograph, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Mark Striegel, John Astronomy, the Talking Metal Podcast, coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. I'm Bud Friendly, and now your hosts, Mark and John. Hey guys, it's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal. We are here on the closing night of M3. I'm here with John Astronomy, Emily Striegel, Ian McCurdy, the Talking Metal crew. How are you guys enjoying M3? Uh, it's been a great two days. Uh, we are just listening to bands. We are talking with some of our favorite musicians. We're doing interviews. It's just a blast. And we're also talking to some of the Talking Metal listeners who uh, about two or three people came up to us and uh, said hello. So that was always a very, very cool thing. We have a massive amount of interviews on this episode. Ian, thank you for hooking up so much stuff for us here at M3. We really appreciate you and uh, all your hookups. It's my pleasure. I enjoyed uh, co-hosting and being with you all. It's been a great time, great two days, great bands, great friends, and I'm so glad that we uh, were all able to do this. Uh, We should do it again at the next festival. Cool. And Emily, we're going to start off with one of your interviews. It's Tony... Higby. Tell us a little bit about Tony Higby. Emily's making faces. She's Tony. She actually has hit the bar before the rest of us. Um, <laughs> what? What? Um, Tony's awesome. Tony is the guitarist for Tom Kiefer's solo act. and he's Playing momentarily. I, I know. I need to get down there. Yeah. Um, but he's really a rad dude. And, like, I always like to... I like to follow his Twitter account because he's just always got like good things to say, and he's we have like very like interests in music outside of metal, actually. Okay, cool. Well, let's check. You'll it hear out. about it in the interview. Let's check it out right now. This is Emily and Tony on the second day of M3 2017. This is Emily Striegel coming at you from the Talking Metal podcast. We are coming from the M3 Rock Festival in Columbia, Maryland. And I am here today, I'm so excited for the first time to meet Mr. Tony Higby from the Tom Kiefer Band. How you doing today, Tony? I'm good. How are you doing, Emily? I'm awesome. We're just chilling. We're chilling on the nice air-conditioned bus because it's like 95 degrees. It feels 95 out. I've already recovered from like one sunburn last week in L.A. I'm like, I like, (laughs) I've I've been abusing myself this whole tour. I've, I've, I've smashed my finger on a guitar. I scorched myself having lunch with my mom in L.A. who came to watch us play at the Whiskey on some rooftop restaurant. I was only out there for an hour and a half, and, like, I looked like a lobster when I went on stage, and my, my part and my hair was all burnt. Oh, that's the worst. You got the you got the part burnt. Oh, it was worse. And then last night I, I stood up and gashed my head open on my scalp going into in one of the cabinets trying to make a cup of coffee and was, like, bleeding all the way up until we went on stage. You're like, I just wanted a coffee. Uh, that's all I wanted. Yeah, it was, only my, it was only my fourth cup. I don't know, you know, if it was God trying to tell me to slow my roll or what, but it's all good. Are you sure you didn't need stitches? Nope. Should we take a look? 
No, we're good, we're good, we're good. It was ice. But were you bleeding all over the stage? No, 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 no. I stopped the bleeding before that, a few hours to chill it out. I, I literally used uh, our background singer Kendra's frozen fruit out of the freezer that she uses to make her smoothies with. Oh, I'm sure she appreciated that. Yeah, yeah, I Whoa. put a little zazz on that fruit, you know? <laughs> a little extra, a little extra something, something. You know? That's disgusting. Yeah. Did you even tell her? No. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I'm sending this podcast to her. So, so you played last night where? You guys have been out on the road for, you guys are always on the road, I feel like. Well, we've been doing a lot of in and out. Um, you know, we're just kind of really getting going for the year right now. We did, we did the Monsters Rock Cruise, and then we were home for, gosh, I was, you know, kind of, that almost felt more like the end of last year than the beginning of this year for us, because it seems like our touring cycle always starts more like April. And so we went out and did a couple of shows uh, one weekend, came home for a couple of weeks, and then last weekend we were out west doing a few shows flew home we were home for a day then hopped on the bus and came up here and and did a few shows up in the northeast last night we were in malden mass which is just outside of boston it was a great gig night before that we were in hartford connecticut that was a great gig too and and then really looking forward to tonight i'm having so much fun this is my first m3 and i'm loving this place it's like the best vibe good people fun shows first time i got to see kicks last night that was insanity yeah, those guys slay. Oh uh, we, we always love doing shows with those guys. So they're, they're the real deal. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. That was a blast. So I'm excited to see you guys tonight. Um, anyone else that you're looking forward to seeing today? Have you even checked out who else is playing? Yeah, yeah. I actually, I already uh, watched Rhino Bucket just slay it. They're, they're killer, yeah. you know. And, uh, um, you know, watched a little bit of Mitch Malloy's set. Actually, the guitar player in Mitch's band for the show here was uh, Josh Dutoy, and Josh is a guitar player in my band at home, the East Side Gamblers. So we have a band together, and uh, it was cool to get to watch him and hang for a little bit and all that, you know, so. I love spying on you on Twitter. You Like, there's certain twi- Twitter accounts that I really enjoy, and I like yours for a couple reasons, but let's talk first about East Side Gamblers. I saw a picture of my buddy John Jameson on stage with you. Was that like, when was that? that was- and was he singing with you? Yeah, that was, he was singing with us. That was just a few weeks back. We had, I got to know Don, I got to know Don over the last couple cruises we did together, but yeah. we really hung out a ton on the last Monsters cruise, and we've gotten to be really good friends. He's a great guy. Yeah. And uh, he was wanting to come to Nashville just to visit and hang out with me and my wife, and he's like, hey, what are you guys doing the first weekend of April? And I'm like, you know what? Actually, the gamblers are playing a show. He goes, oh, perfect. Can I come visit? I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, he crashed. He stayed in our spare bedroom, and and uh, then he goes, hey, what would you think if I actually did an opening set? And I'm like, that would be awesome, because it was April Fool's Day. So it's like, let's have yeah. Don come do a comedy yeah. set, April Fool's. It was it was a blast. It was a great time. It was a great hang. I drug him all over Nashville. We went and hunted for old vinyl together and just nice. got our nerd on that way. And you oh, know. Oh, wait, I got, I got a story. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I got a story for you. Right. So we were at Don's house a couple weekends ago. Yeah. I don't know. And we recorded talk, a Talking Metal podcast with him. And we're hanging out beforehand. And we saw he pulls out um, David Lee Roth. Some oh, David Lee Roth vinyl. It was the Spanish one, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I tell you what. So literally, he the first day he was there, he goes, hey, man. He goes, we're just shooting the shit. And he goes, you know what a buddy of mine played for me the other day? He goes, he pulled it up on YouTube, sent me a link. It was David Lee Roth doing Yankee Rose, but the whole thing was in Spanish. Have you ever heard that? And I'm like, dude, I was like, I've heard it. I said, and he goes, yeah, he goes, I don't know if they ever released. I was like, no, they released that whole record. And he's like, really? And I go, I swear to God, I got a friend who's got it. He paid way too much money for it, but he's, he's got it, like the whole thing. And um, so we talked about it. 
we're out hunting for vinyl. It was like the last day. We were just killing some time. And we walked into this antique store that was next to the coffee shop that we went into to get some coffee. I'd never seen them have vinyl before, but my wife loves to go in there. It's called Pre to Post Modern. She loves to go in there and look for furniture. We walk in and they got this little vinyl section. And I walk up and I start thumbing through it. And the third record I get to, there it is. I pull it out and it's got a big in Espanol sticker on the cover. And and I looked at it and I looked at Donnie, he goes, no. And I flipped it over and there it was. He just assumed I was gonna buy it. I was like, you know what, man? He was so geeked out over it. I was like, I can't possibly buy this. This is Don's. Like I handed it to him. Yeah. Like he tried to argue with me for five minutes, like here, yeah. you know, no, it's yours. You found it. I'm like, dude, you're gonna get way more enjoyment out of this than me. Just take it. It's all good. It's amazing. I, I totally freaked out. And I think he told me at that time yeah. that we were talking that he found that with Tony Higby. Yeah, no, it was it was we we had a blast that week. That was a really good hang. We're looking forward to him coming yeah. and visiting again for sure. Awesome. Another thing I noticed on your Twitter that I was amazed by was you okay you have you love the power pop i love the power pop okay so one day i think you posted that you were listening to jellyfish and sloan like back to back like you were listening and i've almost freaked out because i was just like okay tony higby is officially the coolest person in the world (laughs) (laughs) i love sloan i never miss sloan when they come into town and i wish jellyfish were still around but yeah me, me too i actually uh now, I grew up in the Midwest, and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know, I wouldn't call them the originators of power pop, but I'd say the kings of power yeah. pop, undeniably, are Cheap Trick, yeah. and they're from Rockford, Illinois, yeah. so they are our boys, and, you know, then you get into that, and then you find these other groups, you know, like uh, like Jellyfish, who were criminally underrated and just a stunning rock band, and then Sloan, um, you know, it's funny, when I was in college, for whatever reason, and there's more to this story, but for whatever reason, when I was in college, I, uh, I was in Macomb, Illinois, Western Illinois University, and our cable provider didn't have MTV. But for some weird reason, we had much music, oh my God. which is Canadian MTV, yeah. but yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. got to be like 70 or 80% Canadian content <laughs> or something crazy like that. So I was getting exposed to all these wow. bands out of Canada that I didn't, you know, I never would have heard about before, like Big Sugar and Big Wreck and Sloan and Danko wow. Jones okay. and all the Matthew Good Band, all these killer okay. bands. But I, I still remember, I literally remember the first time I heard Sloan. Um, and uh, what was it, like Navy Blues or something? Or like, do you remember? What? The first, I, I, I gotta take it back. I didn't discover them on much music, now that I think about it. Um, I actually heard them sitting in a bar in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, it was, it was uh, The Good and Everyone on satellite radio me and a buddy of mine David were sitting drinking a Boddington's at this bar we used to always go to and they had satellite radio on I was like I was like what the hell is this and I made him go find it and I went to tower yeah and I went to tower with a buzz as soon as we were done and walked in and dug up the album and I've been into him ever since but Navy Blues is one of the coolest records that came out that entire decade and that's another band that I do I put in the same category as Jellyfish like a lot of people don't know Sloan a lot of people don't know Jellyfish it's like well I mean you know I'm a big power pop fan too and it's yeah. nice yeah absolutely Sloan and Jellyfish and there's some of those offshoots like Imperial Drag and the Uma yes. Jets and stuff like that that are just killer you know so fun yeah. you're cool dude so tell me a little about what you're doing with Tom Kiefer and new music I, there's gonna be a new album in 2018 maybe-ish I don't know I, I don't know I think so I mean I'm, I'm not sure listen yeah. I know I know from what Tom says he's been writing we 
recorded a couple tracks for a deluxe edition that I of the way life goes. That I think it's going to come out later this year, and they turned out amazing. I love the way they sound and. You know, it's cool to get to hear whole, the whole band as a unit together. Because Tom, I mean, The Way Life Goes was recorded before this band was really a band. Um, you know, Tom had started recording those tracks more as, you know, just... He was just recording songs and writing at his own leisure. And it, it wound up being like a 10-year thing. He wasn't really planning on making a record. It just before he knew it, he had one. So, you know, then to put the band together as a unit and then gel and kind of become this thing and... You know, then it was cool to get in the studio and hear what it sounded like in the studio. It was kind of dipping our toes in the water for this deluxe edition. Like, how's this going to roll? And it, it turned out really great. It was pretty effortless. And, you know, everybody everybody had a blast. And it's just, you know, it's just a good hang all the way around. So I'm going to go by what Tom's mantra is, is taking it day by day. You know, everything is awesome. Yep. We're having a blast. We're having so much fun touring, which is why this is the fifth year we've been out touring on this record. That's insane. I know. It's kind of crazy. You know, I've had some people like... You guys are crazy for being out this long on one record and i'm like well but why not i mean there's yeah. no there's no right right or wrong way to do things right I now and and it seems like the the fan base and the shows have been getting progressively bigger and yeah. you know we're you know tom's you know he's he's a smart guy yeah. so i we're just we're all here having a blast and Good. just and just going for it and get on stage every night and have fun and you know, just kind of take things as they come. I, But yeah, I mean, there's been more and more talk about working on a record next year. Mm -hmm. So whether we just work on a record or whether we kind of intersperse it with some more shows and just kind of go in and out and in and out, yep. I don't know how that's going to work. You know, it's been cool getting, we got a couple of new guys in the group and we're getting them worked in and it just feels great. And, Good. you know, so I, I would almost, part of me is like, man, it would almost, yeah. it would almost suck to do a year with these new guys and then stop yeah. to do a new record. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think we're going to figure out a way just to, whatever we do next year, we're going to be working. We're going to stay busy, whether it's in the studio or on the road. It's working, and the fans are happy. And we're not, it's not like we're chomping at the bit to get a new album. We're just always curious about it. We like what's happening with you guys a lot right now. So tell me, how can we hear Eastside Gamblers? What are you doing? You're sing, you sing lead and play, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm lead, lead singer, and I play lead guitar. And then Josh, you know, I was talking about earlier yeah. on the he also plays lead guitar. My brother Cody's the bass player. Nice. We got named Chris Brewer who plays drums, and uh, it's kind of a '70s style two guitar. Just think ACDC meets UFO meets I don't know Zeppelin or whatever. Just just loud hard rock band. And um, there's a couple of EPs that we've already done independently on iTunes. Um, a self-titled one, another one called All In, and then um, we've got a new one done. It's been done actually for for a few months and we really tried to kind of just take it up the next level uh and we got the guy who produced it um nick rascal lennox has produced a lot of my favorite records he did a couple of foo fighters albums he did one by one he did there's he did in your honor he did uh he did the last mastodon record he did the last couple allison chains records the last few rush records i mean he's he's the real deal he's the real deal and yeah. um he was really hard on me he made, he made me work my Good, ass. I like yeah, that. He, was, he made me work my ass off and write really, yes. you know, he, he made, he really wanted me to take my songwriting up to the next level and Good. and it, it wound up being a hard experience but a great experience. I can't wait to work with him again, so, but we got to get this one out first. So we're, you know, we're dealing right now, we're in the midst of putting the artwork together. It's mixed, it's mastered, it's ready to go and Beautiful. and uh, we'll hopefully get that out there pretty soon and, and let everybody hear it and, and see what they think. We'll definitely play a track. Yes. Once, once, once it's out. Please do, I'll, I'll, and I'll send you a copy on vinyl, even. Are you serious? Oh yeah, we're gonna press that shit on vinyl. I can't help it. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sick with that right now. So, I, 
send me my copy before you send Don his so I can brag. Okay. <laughs> That's not a problem. I was like, Don, I was going to send you your copy, but she's better looking. And so I told, I, 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 yeah. So anyways, there you go. Awesome. Well, Tony, it's been a blast talking to you. Thanks for coming on Talking Metal. We hope you have an awesome set tonight. And we're looking forward to hearing more of you with Tom Kiefer and more with the Eastside Gamblers very soon. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a blast. Take care. Hey, that was Emily's interview with Tony Higby from Tom Kiefer's group. And we are back here on Talking Metal. Yes, and one more from Emily, and then we're going to get into some stuff that John and I did. This is Ace Von Johnson, plays with a faster pussycat, who had kind of an interesting performance at M3. Tammy in the hospital, and they had guest appearances and stuff, so... Uh, Very heartwarming. Yeah, I can't to wait see to hear what Ace out. has to say about uh, yeah. Tammy. It was totally rad. I'm a huge Faster Pussycat fan, Mark knows, and I've had a cold. I had a cold. I'm fully recovered now, so I missed their last couple shows. So to see them yesterday and see all the support that came out from all of these metal acts from the Los Angeles area was very heartwarming. It was amazing. Cool. Let's check it out. This is Emily with Ace Von Johnson of Faster Pussycat. This is Emily Striegel from the Talking Metal podcast. Coming at you live from the M3 Rock Festival in Columbia, Maryland. My first time here. I'm having a blast. And I'm super happy right now to be sitting here with the amazing Ace Von Johnson of Faster Pussycat. How you doing, Ace? Doing very well. How are you? I'm so happy. I'm happy I get a little time with you. Because I, I, I missed both of your shows this past week. Faster Pussycat. Actually... I had two or three opportunities to see you guys, but I had like this nasty cold and I missed everything. How are your shows uh, out east? Uh, all the shows this week have been really good, the ones that we uh, performed, you know, and uh, we started off on Friday last week at the Whiskey A Go Go, so it was a great uh, jump starting point and uh it was fun and then we moved to new york the next day and played with la guns that was great and then some headlining shows here along the northeast uh culminating at m3 yesterday that was uh before tammy got ill and uh and then we played uh yesterday and now we're here and i'm on vacation time woohoo not until you finish this interview though (laughs) so let's talk a little bit about yesterday so early in the morning we got word that Tammy was ill. Actually, we heard the day before he was ill because you guys had to cancel a show in PA. And I think his, his, it sounds like he got worse and had to be hospitalized. So all day we were wondering whether or not you guys were going to play or not. So what kind of transpired? Um, we played on Wednesday. Um, I'm trying to think what city. I think we were in um, Delaware somewhere. And he wasn't feeling well. And by Thursday morning, he was visibly ill. And within a couple hours, we knew something was wrong, and he knew something was wrong. So we canceled the show, thinking, you know, we'd take him to urgent care and they'd give him some, you know, a shot or a, a, a pill or something, and he'd be good to go. And so urgent care actually said he was too sick and wouldn't take him. So we had to take him to the emergency room. So we drove the hour from where we were to near. M3 here, and we took him to the emergency room where he's been He will, for 48 hours. He actually just got out about an hour ago. So we we and we didn't know the what the what the word was going to be until uh, 
yesterday morning, the morning of our M3 set. So there was a 24-hour window where every three to six hours they were saying, hey, we'll let them out in a couple more hours. And it, it seemed to get worse and worse. And so yesterday morning they said, well, you know, we're not letting them out yet, but we're going to check again in, in another six hours, which would have been at 1 p.m. And they said, if at 1 p.m. we still think he needs to stay, then he can't do the show. So at about 12.45, um, with no word of any optimistic we started making phone calls and uh, I posted some stuff on social media saying you know that he wasn't gonna most likely be performing you know much to everyone's chagrin and um, so we got some guests and some of us sang our own versions of stuff if you will and you got a very special one-off pussycat and friends set and that was how it went down and everyone was for the most part incredibly supportive and um, amazing I, I I did anticipate some um, some people walking away during the show, and I really saw almost none of it. So it was really, really great to see everybody kind of support and just be with us on that. You know, we had to rally as a band and as a group of friends, and luckily it was here under the circumstances where we could get people like, you know, everyone that came up and sang and, and participate. And just having even that group of people to the side of the stage just helping and you know moral support and stuff so it was great it over, overall it was great and then today's a new day they just let him out a little bit ago so he's on the mend and we're gonna fly him home tomorrow with us and he's gonna get some rest and go see another doctor etc cetera, etc cetera. and hopefully we'll be back at it you know maybe minus the cigarettes and all <laughs> and uh yeah that's that's where we're at so everything's all right today yeah yesterday was it was so heartwarming like on so many different levels to see everyone just like supporting you guys and I I interviewed Cher from Vixen earlier and she said she was literally like getting on the plane when she got I think Chad called her or something Uh, did you call her and and she said she called her husband and was like you got to send me the the live video of them doing uh, House of Pain and um you know, download it, and I'm going to listen to it on the plane. And she was all like, I mean, people really rallied and came together. And the audience, the energy was fantastic. I mean, you had to have felt that, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was great. People were freaking out. And it was just, it's just a testament to, like, how small this community, the metal community is. And, like, the fact that you guys have had relationships with a lot of these people for years and years. And and um, everyone just rallied around them. So, Tammy, get better, dude. We're yeah. worried about you. You think he'll quit smoking? I don't think he has a fucking choice. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, I already yelled at him yesterday. I'm going to yell at him again in a couple of days. But yeah, I think, you know, I mean, he definitely has to cut back. I mean, he's got a, a lot, couple of lifestyle changes that need to be made that I don't think he has any other option about. Well, I think uh, the key to the quitting smoking is having some something to distract you. Some, put some, some hard candy in your pocket, walk around with some Tootsie Roll Pops or something. Tootsie Pops. I don't know if that'll do it. He, but he needs like a big distraction. And the perfect distraction would be... <laughs> the perfect distraction would be maybe writing some music. What do you say, Ace? You know, it, it, it'd be nice to uh, have some new product out. So I'm. that question is... Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll put out new music when Tammy's ready. In the interim, I'll put out another five records with several other bands in the in the time. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, it's not. It's not on. It's not really the band that's holding it back. It's his his uh, let's call it work ethic. <laughs> so when he feels like working on stuff, we'll be there. And until then, it's we're still just running through the uh, material that exists. So. And you have um, you're in a side project now that sounds really good. 
And so tell me a little bit about that and what that's all about. Um, yeah, I'm doing a couple things. Um, the one thing that you mentioned, the Neon Coven, um, it's with some friends in L.A., a bunch of musician friends. Uh, people may be familiar with Jacob Bunton. Um, he's sort of the man behind the, the curtain or whatever. Um, it was, uh, you know, Linum and Adler's band and some other projects over the years. He pretty much wrote the majority of that with a buddy of ours, uh, Anthony uh, Monteromano. And uh, we went in and recorded it. And, and it's, you know, it doesn't sound anything like what people, I think, would expect it to from a guy from Faster Pussycat and a guy that sings for Stephen Adler from Guns N' Roses. But, you know, it, it was, uh, we were talking on the cruise about six, eight months ago on the Monsters of Rock West. We were saying how we all really like Depeche Mode and we like Nine Inch Nails and we like a lot of that stuff as well as, you know, the myriad of other things that we're either known for or whatever else. And so we started working on an, uh, what became an electronic rock band. And so Neon Coven put out an, a four-song EP uh, earlier this year and it, it, it got in the uh, Billboard Active Rock charts and we have a couple singles floating around and we're going to follow it up with another EP and you know, we'll see what happens. It, it's a good project. I'm pretty proud of that. You know, I only had minimal input. You know, it was mostly Jacob, the, the majority of it. He's also uh, like a staff writer and a, a producer and all this other stuff. So I didn't expect, I, you know, I expected him to take as much control as he did, of course. So it was good. And then there's that. And then I got a bunch of stuff. Danny and Chad and I, Ch- uh, Danny had a band in the late 80s called The Throbs. And so I'm doing, I'm, I'm the guitar player for The Throbs reunion. Yeah, so we're doing that. We're going to do some shows and probably a new record and, and then um, there's a, a band out of uh, Finland called Six, The 69 Eyes. Um, that's pretty popular over there. And uh, Yerki, the singer, uh, I'm going to be doing his solo project. So I've got that on the, on the uh, horizon. And then I think I'm doing some dates later on this year with uh, my buddy Sylvain from the New York Dolls. So I have a bunch of, bunch of busy work coming up. So yeah, just staying busy between Pussycat gigs and tours. And, you know, if it was up to me, I'd, I'd rather be doing 10 shows a month and working on a record every other month rather than... 20 shows a month and no records or whatever analogy you want to say, you know, so I'm trying to stay as busy and productive as possible, you know, in between, you know, doing pussycat stuff and, you know, whatever else comes up in the interim, if, you know, Papa Roach wants to hire me or whatever the fuck else, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. So no, Ixnay and the Appa Roach, uh, <laughs> hey, um, so we need to have you back on Talking Metal because we could speak we could we've talked a little bit about your musical influences and like and like what you listen to i think people would be surprised to hear like the vast kind of array of music that's influenced you and we'll have you back on sometime so we can just talk that kind of stuff but right now i think we need to go see bang tango what do you think absolutely we got to go see joe and the boys yep all right so thanks thanks for being with us on talking metal today ace it was good seeing you play yesterday and i'm glad you get a little time off now to have some fun today thanks for having me Hey, that was Emily and Ace Von Johnson. Very cool interview, Emily. Thank you for doing that. What do we got next, Mark? Up next, autograph. Uh, Ian, you hooked this up for us. Thanks. Wait, how, how do you know the autograph, guys? Uh, my good friend in Montana named Steve Barry, big Kiss fan. Uh, he's got the biggest guitar shop, music shop in all of Montana. And uh, he's started doing promoting and he's done uh, concerts and all kinds of things in his town in Montana. Glenn Dive, I believe it is. And I called him and he called Steve and Steve called me and Steve was excited about the new album coming out. So we got a great interview with them and everybody was very funny and very great. This was a really, really good interview. Absolutely. This is our interview with Autograph conducted at the M3 Festival. 2017 down in Maryland 
And uh, yeah, we'll check it out. And we have the whole band, which was yeah, very, very awesome. cool. Awesome. Conducted by John and myself. Hey, this is Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and I'm here with John Astronomy. We are backstage at M3 with Autograph. Steve Lynch, Randy, Simon, Mark, they're all here. You guys had a great set today. I, I honestly, I, I'm not much. kissing your ass. I, I was like, these guys are fucking killing it. Um, <laughs> love hearing the old classics, but one thing that was really exciting in the set was the new music. So let's, let's, yeah. talk, mm-hmm. let's talk about that. The songs sound phenomenal. They're great. When, when can we expect to hear a new release by Autograph? Well, we are in the process of... Uh, you know, uh, putting together a deal label right now because we want to have it so that it's actually gets more publicity than, than releasing it ourselves. We have a great guy, Peter Kaler, so that's shopping it for us, and uh, we just started doing that. And the album is done. We just want to we just want to really take yeah. it to the next level. Okay. We, we put out an EP last year, and we did it ourselves, and it was good. But we want to we want to see what you know how to how to reach more people. Right. Right. And so so we, we're talking to some people. Cool. And again, maybe the, maybe we'll get a Geico commercial or something. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, that would e- be awesome. The EP last year was was louder, and uh, you guys are rocking it hard in the the live setting. Are there tour plans? What's the current state? Are you guys playing a lot of gigs? Yeah, we're playing a lot of gigs. Like like I said, we're we're um, the album is complete, you know, and shopping that. But um, we're doing Virginia tomorrow, and then we're we got a day off, and then we're doing um, Houston, and then uh, uh, Dallas, and then San Antonio, and then uh, we're doing let's see, Connecticut, uh, yeah. Connecticut and then um, let's see, North Idaho, uh, no, not Idaho, Iowa, I- Idaho, Iowa. Uh, Iowa. There's a big, big difference. Uh, you know why? <laughs> okay, you know why there's only 50 <laughs> Miss America contestants? Because no one wants to be Miss Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> you see, okay. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. great. Okay. That's no, okay. We're, no, we're trying to play, you know, we're trying to play as, as much as we can and bring it, you know, to as much as we can, every place that we can. So um, as long as, you know, there's like a, an amplifier and you something. <laughs> you guys will be there. I saw you guys were in Germany recently, right? At the beginning yeah, of the yeah, year? We did, we did two, two shows in Germany and one in England. Well, and you have dates pretty much throughout the rest of this year. I and we're still adding more shows on as we go along. You know, um, like I said, we have um, those those other shows. Then we're doing North Dakota, and we're doing Wisconsin, and then we're, we're also doing uh, uh, Salt Lake City and Denver. We haven't played there yet, so that's going to be great to finally get back there. And uh, we were just talking with our booking agent, and he's talking about... Um, Doing the German, what was it called? Uh, the German uh, Banger. Oh, the Banger Head Festival, yeah, right? Banger yeah, Head that's, Festival. that's a great festival. It, there, it's it's called it's called Banger Noggin. <laughs> okay, um, and then uh, they also mentioned about um, Swedish Rock. Swedish Rock. Okay, Sweden Rock. Yeah, that's so, another so one of these Swedish cool festivals. Right. Sweet, Sweden Rock, right? Sweden Rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the new material that that you're shopping and and is it's recorded. Oh, no. Uh huh. What? Uh, stylistically, can can the fans expect from uh, sound wise and material wise? It's like heavy, heavier uh, melodic rock. You right. know, it's like you know we don't have the keyboards for purposely. It's not because we forgot anything. You know, it's like for now. You know, we we we, we want to you know we be more guitar oriented, be a little more, but it has the same elements of you know melodies and and harmonies. And uh, the title of the record is "Get Off Your Ass." And it's a hard rock song. It's an anthem song. Right. And everything is uplifting, uh, high energy. 
you yeah. know and cool. you know it's, it's just like that we play two songs uh we pl play two songs today that were they're gonna be in there it's you yeah. are us we are you right song that we dedicate to to, to the people and and every generation was it was the other one and then you know and then there's another eight and we just, we decided right. to call it Get Off Your Ass because we've all turned Buddhist now. <laughs> and so I, we thought it was appropriate. You guys are having fun, and that's like the coolest part of doing these festivals because watching the show was great. I felt like I, I was in my 20s again back at concerts when I used that's to have exactly fun going to concerts. What we, what we want people to, that's exactly what we want people to feel. Yeah. Is just, wait, wait, just that. I mean, we were just talking about this earlier. A lot of people, strangely enough, say, before you go and say good luck, and I, well, I don't, I don't need good luck to go host a party. Right. That's what we wanted. Yeah, We're hosting a like party. Everybody's in our living room, even though, you know, that's the vibe that we 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 screw around with each other. We play. We have fun, and that's what it's all about. You know. I really uh, thank you for doing this, guys, because this is like the most fun I've had at a festival or at a show. And believe it or not, I'm not just saying this because we're interviewing you. It happened when your set was going on. Thank and, you. And that thank is you. That's, yeah, a, and, that's and, awesome. And not to mention, you guys played re really kind of early in the day. And I mean, just the, the, yeah. the crowd response was great. I mean, people it kept were growing. Still, yeah, it yeah, kept and growing it was growing as it bigger and bigger. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about back in the day and, and uh, uh, I got to take it back to my teenage years when I was a fan of Autograph and mm -hmm. just wanted to kind of revisit some of uh, those times any memories of and this is obviously for Steve and, and Randy of, of that infamous 1984 Van Halen tour you guys were out in the oh, road we actually don't have any memory of that at all. <laughs> no, no memory of that at all now did you guys you guys knew Van Halen because you're, you're well, from Randy Pasadena used to, right used to be in a group called uh, Wolfgang. Wolfgang with Steve Blunkett Okay. Yeah. Uh, also, and so we did a lot of uh, stuff together, even after Wolfgang had broken up, and I went and played in, with Lita Ford and things like that. Right. Uh, in, in fact, um, it was Van Halen that used to open up for those guys at the Starwood wow. and the Whiskey. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Wow. So cool. And and was it the connection that you had from with those guys from from those those old days that uh, caused them to bring you out on the road? Um, yeah. It was, at, uh, did Kenny, they they requested Kenny, you specifically? The original drummer got to be friends with David Lee Roth through some right. friends of his and. Uh, they were like jogging partners every morning. And what happened was, uh, you know, David, La David asked him, you know, what he was doing lately. And, uh, you know, Kenny says, well, I'm playing in this group called The Coup. And in fact, Randy was playing with Lita Ford and the singer was playing with Silver Condor and Columbia Records. And me and the keyboard player were playing with Holly Penfield on Dreamland Records. But we all had a little bit of a break and we had a uh, time where we could go in, in the, the weekend. We called it beer rehearsal because we just drink beer and rehearse and we kind of screw around on the song ideas and everything. And um, so we ended up going in the studio, cutting a demo with Andy Johns of Glenn Johns, and you know, Glenn right. Johns' brother. And uh, we cut a demo with him because he had free time at Gower Studios. And so we, it, the, it turned out sounded great because, you know, Andy's such a great mixer and everything. So Kenny took a copy of that and played it for David. And David loved it. And he said, um, let me toss this around to the other guys, see if they want you guys to come out. And, right, cool. and so everybody said, yeah, sure, and come on out with us and uh, open up for us for the 1984 tour. Right. And the first date was on January 18th, my birthday, which was great. And uh, we drove from L.A. to 
uh, Jacksonville, Florida, straight across in a beat down old Winnebago. Wow. And uh, we made it there. Our first gig was in front of 18,000 people. So it was wow. a lot of fun. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. And you guys hadn't actually even, you weren't signed yet to your major label no, deal not. at that point. We and that's having, so cool. We were having like A&M and Warner Brothers and uh, Epic and, and Geffen and everything. They were approaching us and offering us deals and everything. But it's when we played Madison Square Gardens. Um, it was, was RCA that came up to us and they said, look, we want to give you guys a three album deal and you guys keep 100% of the publishing. That's how that's amazing. they wanted us. Wow. They loved our songs. And so we ended up going with them because that's unheard of. The, the yeah, no, that publishing. totally is unheard yeah. of back then and now still exactly, to this day. Exactly. But, it's like one of those yeah. once in a lifetime things. And it's, it's a once in a lifetime thing for any band to uh, get the opportunity to go out as a, 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 at that point, unsigned band on a major tour with a band like Van Halen. And, right. The, the friendship thing, too, you know? It, yeah. And because we, not only did uh, Kenny know David, we knew everybody in Benton. Yeah. We, we knew all those guys. It's like, so it's kind of like the L.A. boys taking care of the L.A. boys kind of video. You mentioned Kenny Richards. Unfortunately, he passed away. I'm yes. very sorry. I don't know how close you were with him in, in recent years. We but hadn't seen him for about about four years. Right, okay. You know, we kind of lost touch with him. He was doing his own thing. He was doing his painting thing. Right. And that's what he was into, you know, at that, at, at, for the last few years. So. Right. And uh, he had some great paintings. He was doing, doing really well with that. But, uh, yeah, we heard of his passing I actually I heard, had heard of it the night that it did happen, so right. you know it's cool. unfortunate. And kind of since we're on the topic of drummers, Mark, you've been with the band what three three uh, years now? Three fourth years, year. yeah. It's Where, fourth how did you come year. into the autograph fold? Well, I was approached. Uh, it was a last minute kind of thing, and uh, I was playing in a band called Flood with Simon. Okay, for a couple of years, and uh, so Simon got on board with autograph, and. Uh, Kenny couldn't commit to the touring okay. at that point, so I was called in kind of last minute. And uh, we kind of did an audition and, and played with Randy and Simon, and we clicked right away. And, uh, and then um, Steve flew down from Seattle to L.A. to do, uh, I think, one rehearsal, and then we headed out to Penn's Peak, and we did the first show in front of uh, thousands of people. Yeah. Wow. Cool. A great chemistry on stage with the four of you guys. Um, Simon, what's a little bit of your history before Autograph? Can you go into that briefly? Sure. Well, um, I, I, was, I come from an uh, immigrant family uh, from Europe, and, okay. uh, and, and they moved to Brazil. I was born in Brazil and raised there. Right. Moved, moved to Los Angeles in 1985, and I was in bands here. And the uh, last band that I was, I mean, other than Flood, I was in a band called Jailhouse back uh, when there was uh, that whole... Um, Adam Curry and uh, you know you yeah. know the Headbangers Ball stuff, so you know uh, I, I, I was in the scene you know and then we we there was a reunion show at the Monsters of Rock cruise in 2013 right. just to, that we just did it for fun and then that's how this whole thing came about because uh, somebody called me and said you know the guys uh, from Autograph uh, two of them are wanting to sort of like create a new thing a new autograph and you know and uh, uh, and the original singer doesn't want to do it you know and I said well you know I really love that song uh, turn up the radio and I, I like that style you know and uh, you know so uh, it really just 
took shape once I met them too. And I knew I knew that Mark was going to be right f for the situation because, you know, we we're laid back guys. You know, we we joke and all that, but it's right. it's you know, everybody is just understands that what's good for the band is good for each one of us. You know, sure. and then a little older guys. You know, and uh, uh, so before that, I mean, I, I was I've been playing music all my life. Cool. Yeah, basically. Cool. And and you know, Steve, up on stage today, it's it's quite obvious, at least to me, it sounds like you still have all your chops. You're still really great, great guitar player. Thank uh, you. As, Thank as you. you always were. I noticed the mistakes. You well, might yeah, not have, I, I, yeah, but I, I noticed them. Okay, okay. Well, that's <laughs> my question. Do you still, do you still practice? Like, I know that, that obviously to, to get to the level you were at, at, at one point in your life, you must have spent a lot of hours I, I practicing. I did, usually about uh, 12 to 14 hours a day, seven oh days God. a week. Wow. And you still have to at least do some of that to maintain? Yeah, I, yeah. I do. I, you know, before go out on tour, I, I usually put in about two and a half hours a day. But um, now that I've moved to Florida, I can actually do that. When I was up in Seattle, my hands would say, no, you can't do that because wow, of the weather the up climate. there. Yeah, huh. yeah, but now my hands are, are a lot better Is that off. like a arthritis type of thing in the hands? It's just... just a, it's, it's the weather just the weather, really yeah. affected me oh, up there. That's interesting. So, are you still doing any clinics, or do you have any plans to do more guitar clinics? Uh, not as of right now. That's kind of a, a thing where there's not too many people doing it. Um, because most of the people that were learning back then, the most, most of them I did was back uh, when Autograph was starting to fade away back in 89 and 90. Mm. And I did, quite a, I did 325 clinics back then. But, um, wow. but then... Uh, but that was that generation that was really into the whole 80s thing. Once that right. started to dissipate, so did the clinics. And right. so it did that with, with all the guitar players that were out there doing clinics, including George Lynch and Red Beach and right. all these guys, you know, that, mm -hmm. uh, that, that were doing quite a few of them. Um, but and another thing that kind of slowed that whole thing down was the fact that you have social media now where you have... 147,000 different guys showing you how to play turn up the solo for turn up the right, radio. Right. You see exactly. what I mean? Right. And not one of them have it right. I, so. I believe it. <laughs> That's a good thing, though. Yeah. Cool. Well, we really appreciate your time. And, and before we wrap things up, I just wanted to throw it over to, to you, Randy. Yeah. When you look back at the, the career that you've had with, with Autograph, uh, which you know I know in, in the 90s wasn't as active, um, but what are some of your career highlights? My, uh, a lot of my career highlights were I always wanted to play Madison Square Garden. I always wanted to be signed to a big record deal. I always wanted a gold album. I achieved all of that in Autograph. Cool. So that's, that's why when I left in 89, I was okay. I was real, honestly was okay with it because I said I had a hit, got this, I got that, I got this, all the things I ever wanted. And it wasn't until 2011 we ran into each other again. Yeah, and, wow. and Randy and I kind of felt the same way back in 89 when we kind of fell apart. And yeah. We thought, you know what? We did a hell of a lot in six years, you know? And that's so we've accomplished something that a lot of bands have not had that privilege of, of being able to do. And so, um, but then when we did meet at the NAMM show again back in uh, 2000, January of 2011, started tossing around the idea again, and it just sounded like a good idea to maybe go out and start doing it again, reliving the glory days, to say. Well, plus you know? we were kind of bored with what we were doing. You had your school. That yeah, was, I had and a music school. and I had a leather company, and it was just... Uh, <laughs> you know, it just yeah. wasn't fun. And, yeah. You know, because we're really not cut out to be those kind of guys. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. We're cut out to be these kind of guys. Yeah. <laughs> and that is a great place to, to end this interview. Guys, thanks so much. We are really looking forward to, to new music. Uh, 
we'll have your your social media and website and all that linked through today's show notes on talkingmetal.com. That's in the Talking Metal section. Just go to talkingmetal.com, look for this episode, and we will have photos and links up of autograph. Thanks again. That was Turn Up the Radio, classic 
autograph here on Talking Metal. Next, we're getting into Emily's interview with the ladies from Vixen. Emily, who did you, who did you talk to here at M3? Um, I talked to Cher and I talked to Britt. Britt, so Cher is obviously an original member, and she helped out Faster Pussycat yesterday right. and came out and did a song with them. And um, and then Britt Lightning is their new guitarist, and she's rad. Yeah. She's so good. I just caught their set over on the side stage, and she's badass. So Let's she's check just it out. cool. Check yeah, it out. Check it out. Emily's interview with Vixen. We'll let Emily run out to see Tom Kiefer. Go for it. <laughs> and here it is. This is Emily Striegel from Talking Metal coming live from M3 Rock Festival in Columbia, Maryland. And I'm so excited right now to be sitting here with Vixen. How you doing, ladies? Hi, we're awesome. Why don't you introduce yourselves? Hey, hey, Emily, this is Cher Ross with Vixen. And this is Britt Lightning with Vixen. And Cher, you've been with Vixen from the very beginning. I'm really excited to have Britt here for the interview because she's the newest member. I want to start off the interview just talking a little bit about how you came about doing this uh, how did you get how did you meet the girls and get to be the guitarist the new guitarist of vixen hmm. well um i think it was a combination of some friends maybe recommending me to you guys and then i think maybe larry saw me play at um one of the monsters of rock uh crews pre-parties and um, larry's our manager yes okay and um yeah, so we kind of got together and jammed a few songs, and it worked out. Yeah. Super happy to be here. It's an honor to be playing with these ladies because they're legends, and they're amazing. Well, I'm so excited to see you rock out later today. Thank you. And I already got to see Cher yesterday. I'm sure <laughs> our, so our Talking Metal listeners, I think I'm going to get the guys from Faster Pussycat later this afternoon, but um, our listeners will know by the time this airs that Tammy down has um, come down with pneumonia, and so we heard earlier in the day that this had happened and he was hospitalized and we're, so we're all, we were all, you know, praying for Tammy. I think he's doing okay today, um, possibly released from the hospital, but the show must go on, right? We didn't know yes. whether it would go on or not. And I was hearing all sorts of rumors swirling. And so Chad, the drummer, started out doing, you know, a couple songs and I know Danny did some songs, but the first guest vocalist to come out was Cher Ross. So how was that? How did that come about? Did they just call you and say, Yeah, I got a, I got a, well, I'm good friends with all those guys. We go way, way, way back. And, um, you know, it's a big rock and roll family. So when something goes down, you reach out to everybody, say, can you help us out? Can you help us out? Hey, we got shit going on. Help us out, please. And so I got a, um, I think you were talking to somebody on the phone and then you passed the phone to me and you were like, it's Chad. And I'm like, what's up? And we were just, weren't we getting on the plane? We were just boarding. Oh the plane. We, we were just yeah, getting on a plane to, yeah. to come So you here. guys just came in yesterday. Yeah. You're getting on the plane. So I'm getting on the plane and then I got the call and then I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I can do that. And, <laughs> um, and then I texted my husband and I said, I just found this live video of House of Pain. Can you please transfer it into an mp3 so i could put it in my dropbox and make it available offline on my phone so i can listen to it the whole time i'm on the airplane i'm like I'm, i don't want to embarrass them the last thing i want to do is embarrass my boys so like I it was sure I it was it. so heartwarming to me i was just like my heart was exploding the way everyone came together you know to fill in for tammy when he was sick it was really cool and it says Aww. something about your community because like the one thing like i'm just kind of like this observer on on twitter i love to see the little conversations that take place and doing a podcast we meet a lot of people and you know the relationships that you guys have like all the bands still have after all these years that go back is just amazing to me and yesterday was just testament to that to see yeah, everyone yeah. just like coming up 
to the plate. I agree. I mean, it, it's just a big family. Cool. It really is like family, and we all have to be there for each other when crazy shit goes on. Yeah. You know, we're all out there, and it's like, oh, it's all great. But when something happens and something somebody ends up in hospital or something, yeah. that's when you got to pull together. Exactly. And so you, is this your first M3, or did, were you guys here last year? This is our third M3. Your third. Yeah, we weren't here last year, though. This is the year before. And did you, have you also done, I know you did Monsters of Rock this year, right? Did you do East and West Coast this year? We did, oh gosh, now you're testing me. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, we did East and West last year. We didn't do it this year. We're doing it next year. Okay. And, and now let's talk a little bit about like you guys reuniting. So the original members, um, Janet, Cher, Roxy. Now, you guys were planning, Jan was planning, Jan, the original guitarist, was planning a reunion back in 2012 when she was diagnosed with cancer. And so tell me a little bit about like the, the timeline there, because I know in t- by 2014, you guys played Monsters of Rock, I think was your first, Monsters of Rock's Cruise was one of your first shows yeah. without her. So tell me a little bit about that whole timeline and that experience and what happened. Sure. Um, I mean, it started with us just getting on the phone with each other and saying, hey, you know, let's let's get back together and let's do this again. And it felt really good. And then um, we were starting to get a, a few gigs coming in and then we were writing the press release. And then she called up and said, hey, guys, I have to tell you something. And then she said, you know, I've got cancer. And we said, OK, well, what do you want to do? What, like, how, how bad is it? Blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it was, a, it was a lot of conversations from that point. And then it just became about, um, she was an extremely private person. She did not want it to be public. You know, we totally had to respect that. So we, it was weird because... That's we, awkward. Yeah. When the press, is, the press knows that there's a us. buzz. Yeah, yeah, they're like, well, where's Jan? Where? So we went out without yeah. her. because, And then we didn't want to call ourselves Vixen because we thought she would come back. Right. And there yep. would be no entrance. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so, we, so we thought we would go out as JSRG until she was well. And then when she was well, then we would become Vixen because if we called ourselves Vixen and then she came back, it was like there was just, it was like the air had been let out of the balloon. Yeah. So it made no sense to go out as Vixen at that time. So that's why we went out as JSRG and then people were like going, well, where's Jan? That's horrible that she's not yeah. with you. And we're like, no, no, it's not horrible. Um... Oh my gosh! Really but awkward. were you like you, know, we you can't say, say anything. anything? No, we couldn't. And she just, you know, I think she just wanted to have that that space. Yeah. So um. And everyone and then, handles that differently because totally. like, look at all the battles that are happening publicly with cancer. Like we just saw right. Vivian Campbell, you know, with yes. Last in Line. I've seen him with Def Leppard a thousand times. Yes. Yes. He looks better than he's ever looked, and he's yes. been pretty public about his battle. Yeah. And he he was on the podcast, and really, he's just taking it day by day. I mean, he does not. Totally. He's still not in the clear, but yeah. you know, some people like to handle it very differently or very, very yes. private. Yes. But it does make it awkward for the band when, you know, I know. you're like, well, what do we say? What do we we're say? Not what being, are we gonna we're do? not being disrespectful in any way. We yeah. love her. And, yeah. and, and, and in your hearts, you really felt like we're going to be back together. She's oh, going to beat this. Yeah, absolutely. And then when she didn't... It happened very suddenly. Like, she was getting did. better, getting better, getting better, getting better. And then all of a sudden, um, it was months of her getting better. And then there was just a three-week decline, and she died. It was literally That's like, crazy. Uh oh, she's not doing well. Oh, she's doing worse. Oh, she's doing worse. And then yeah. she was gone. And so then we just didn't know what You're to do. Shocked. So we just sort of, yeah, we, you know, we carried on as Vixen. Mm-hmm. And um, 
we just said, okay, well, let's be Vixen then. And, um, you know, thankfully, Gina was our guitar player then, and she stayed with us through all that. And Good. She was awesome. Okay, I was speaking with Lon Friend last night. So Lon all that, Friend. Lon Friend. <laughs> and because I saw you, with, you were talking with Ace from Faster Pussycat. I mean, this, this, this whole festival is so much fun. It feels like a reunion, doesn't it? I'm like, and this person and that person. But Lon said that you were in a Guns N' Roses cover band in L.A. and you played his 50th birthday party, which Ooh. is probably the funnest thing ever. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was really cool. Um, that was fun. Yeah, they were called Paradise Kitty. And yeah, I was doing the, the slash parts. And uh, we played on the Monsters of Rock Cruise. Um, now, I need this to see this. Year, and that's, oh, that's so that's how, yeah, we kind of got the connection here, too. So yeah. Okay, very cool. A good friend of ours does Judas Priestess. Who is your good friend in Judas Priestess? Militia. Militia. I worked Do you know with Militia? Her. Yeah, I worked with her in a musical in New York City. Like, you did oh, not. Yeah, like 2007. Yeah. Like you played? Yes. In Militia what was, was it? Her. I want to hear it was this. called Chick Six. Stop uh, it. It was like this all-girl superhero broad, like off-Broadway musical. Yeah. And then the drummer oh of Judas Priestess was the drummer in my very first band back in Boston. It's the most so. incestuous <laughs> it is. It's it's a community. It is. It's a small world. Small like, world. Every time we go play a gig, we introduce her to someone, and they go, oh, no, 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 we already know Britt. Hi. Oh, yeah. And they just like, oh, it's so good to see you. We're like, oh, sure. And she's like pure sunshine. Like, I'm glad that we're videotaping this, because you can see that she's like... She radiates energy. Yes. She's a perfect fit for Vixen. Totally. And I'm so excited. So one more question. Yes. I've heard rumblings of demos, possibly. What's happened? I mean, you guys all have your own lives. So I want to know about, like, what are you doing when you're not touring? And are you writing? Or do you do side projects? Or, like, what's going on? <laughs> all of the above. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, we have de definitely, now that Britt's here as well, we're, like, the... The riff ideas are flying around. We're probably going to start working on stuff, just, you know, cyberspace-wise, you know, everybody doing in their own setting. Where Are you guys all spread out? We are all spread out. You are. Yeah, that California, makes it Florida, Connecticut, and Michigan. Holy moly. Yeah, so, but a lot the of emails. four corners. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> so we're going to be, like, flying all the demo ideas around and stuff, and we've already yeah. started working on some really cool stuff, but then everybody has solo stuff as well. They're doing, you know, Roxy's and Madame X. Um, she's yes. also got another thing with her sister called um, VIP After Show that Mark Slaughter sang on the first two singles. And then Janet's just putting out her first solo stuff called Janet Gardner. And then um, I've had Bubble for about 20 years, but I also have another thing now with my husband. Bubble's with my husband as well. But the other thing is called <laughs> Twin Flames, which is, that's just out there. <laughs> but you're not busy at all, is what you're saying. No, There's no, nothing no. Going on. And that's just the no. stuff we do for kicks. You know what I mean? it's like, I'm still a life coach, and I do all that stuff as well. And then Britt's got a million things going. Take it away, Britt. Um, not a million. <laughs> now, now I feel on the spot. Um. <laughs> that's how we like to do it. Yeah. That's how we. It's a hazing. She's the new girl. We're gonna haze her. I'm like, oh, I got nothing. No, um, uh, yeah, just working on some writing a lot too, and um, just coming up with some some solo stuff as well. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Do you sing um, as well? A little uh, bit. Yeah, a little bit. I do like backups and harmonies and stuff like that. Very cool. Yeah. And I'll tell you a funny story. When we were rehearsing for the first time in Detroit, like official rehearsals with Brit Lightning, right? Yeah. And there's this other. We were. It's kind of like a a studio setup where bands go in there to mostly record. So in a, in a neighboring room was all these dudes, right? And they're leaning in the window and they're watching us rehearse. <laughs> and they're just, they're just like getting beers watching us. <laughs> and it started to become That's like awesome. funny, right? And then afterwards, um, they came in and, they, and they, didn't, they had no idea who we were. They're just like, wow, you guys sound really good. What's the name of the band? <laughs> we're like, oh, it's um, Vixen. And they're like, oh, okay. And then they walked really? out and they came back and they're like, wait, 
like that vixen and we're like, <laughs> and yeah. like yeah that vixen that vixen and then um about a week later it turns out they called brit Oh, yes. To do a track on their new album. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. She's everywhere. She's everywhere. I love it. I love it. One thing I read that was interesting is that you guys had four songs chart on Billboard, but you had six number one videos. So how does that work? <laughs> Did you say, someone put that on your website. Like, it was yeah, like this is I a know, stat like that like, I was intrigued thing. by this. Um, MTV just they decided if they liked you or not and then they played your videos to death so yeah. they definitely did that with us thank yeah. god because they kind of made or break you you know i need to go back and you. watch all the videos um do you have any so, of the clothes left i don't think i do emily i'm sorry i might have like one jacket that i wore in how much love i think that's it i think that's all i have well i would love to i would love to i'm going to go back and revisit all those videos but in the meantime i get to see you live today at m3 so thanks for being here i know you guys have some more shows and more dates coming up so good luck with everything thanks for being on talking metal thanks a lot thank you just heard was a little classic vixen here on talking metal and i'm here with ian and john and we are going to uh what are we at we're gonna let's get into the interview with uh we've been saying jack white all day but it's jack russell of great white right legendary guy jack russell yeah 
And uh, John did this interview by himself, and I uh, did a very good job. I was very Thank impressed. Thank you. I appreciate very professional, it. I, sir. I appreciate it. I haven't done uh, an interview other, uh, other than the interviews we've been doing this weekend in a long, long time. And uh, I've appeared on Talking Metal, but it's usually just uh, Mark and I chatting with each other. And so this was very cool. I actually prepared for it, which was, which was good and which was a, a necessary thing. And uh, it was a bonus because... Uh, yeah, because Robbie uh, Lochner came by as well, and, and that was cool. And, Mark, did you know that he was in Fight? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I heard that was a pretty cool thing. So. Yeah, yeah he said both, both were great guys. I've always been a, a fan of uh, Jack Russell's, and uh, so, so to me this was an extra special interview for me because cool. I, I think he's a great singer. Um, uh, my my whole family really liked uh, you know some of the classic great white stuff and uh, now this is of course Jack Russell's great white and uh, they they did a great set uh, his voice is in tip top form he sounded absolutely yeah, amazing so it's very very cool so let's let's get into John's interview with great white here Jack Russell's great white I should say here on Talking Metal we're going to end with a classic song that they played today it sounded great rock me. Yeah, excellent tune. Yeah, it excellent sounded so tune. good when they played it th- uh, here at M3 today. And before we get into the interview and, and kind of uh, get in the home stretch of this episode, please remember to support us by using our Amazon links. Follow us on Twitter and go to the show notes and you know check out all the pictures we're posting. I also wanted to mention that I got to meet Roxy from Madame X. And yeah, that was fame, great. Uh, yeah, my that was so cool. My teenage crush. Uh, and I'll post a picture of myself and, and, and Roxy in today's show notes. Man, did she look good in she the uh, high in yeah. high school video. Uh, she still I, looks I, good I know now. the exact outfit she wore in that, and it was... Uh, uh, very similar to the outfit no. Emily's wearing right now. No, she yeah. looked. You missed her set. She looked hot. I took some pictures specifically for you because yeah. I love you. And we'll post those in the show notes. Yeah, that was thanks, it. guys. Those Here is John guys were great. with Jack and Rob from Jack Russell's Great White. One more thing, in addition to thanking Ian McCurdy, our, our co-host and great, great friend, I want to. Spe- uh, I want to send a special thanks out to Christina, Bridget, and Sullivan for the hookups. This has been a great, great two days of rock and roll and heavy metal at the M3 Festival on Talking Metal. Yeah, here we go. Jack's interview, or Jack's interview, John's interview with Jack and, and Rob. Robert or Rob? Robbie Lochner. Robbie. Robbie, thank you. Here on Talking Metal. Again, thank you, Ian and be sure to check out the M3 Festival next year if you missed it or if you've never been to it before. It is so much fun. I would like to do one little plug, if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Go for it. One little plug. Everybody needs to go check out www.seikousa.com. A lot of great things coming out this season. Great watches. Go check it out. Cool. You got it. You got it. Absolutely. Here is the interview, followed by some classic great white. We are rolling. Okay. Hey, guys. Uh, we are here at the M3 Festival in Maryland. I'm here with two of the members of Jack Russell's Great White. We've got Jack and Robbie. How you guys doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Just like, uh, like always, every time we play M3 for a ton of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotta like that. You guys sounded great tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much. We felt great. It, was, it, felt, a, it felt like a really good show. You, know, you had those nights where you're like, yeah, we made a couple mistakes, but... You know, we felt we had a really great show, so 
feel That's like cool. I'm talking football or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when, when the vibe of the show, when you come off stage and you got a good vibe, that, that means it's a good show, even if there were mistakes, and I know how that feels. Yeah, yeah. I know, exactly. Yeah. exactly. I had a few tonight, a few uncharacteristic ones that <laughs> eat at me a little bit. But Yeah, well, you're, you're a total, you know, professional, total professional, what do you call that? Professionist. Professionist, yeah. thank you. What I wanted to do is talk about the new He Saw It Coming record, which Great. is uh, on Frontiers Music. And uh, now, Jack, you and Robbie wrote like most of the record All together, of it. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, now, I wanted to ask about this. You live on a boat, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty freaking cool. And you invited all the guys down to do writing with you on, on like, at your home. Actually, no. Actually, oh, I thought Robbie, you did. No, it was Robbie and I. Robbie came down one day. Unless I'm wrong, was it? Jim? Well, originally, it, it originally I came down and was Matt. And the three, was yeah, Matt when there's different and guys yeah. in the band, but I came down with like six song ideas, which two of them ended up on the record. Was Don't let me go. One of them. Don't let me go was the very first one we very actually song we worked wrote. on. Yeah. Cool. And the other one was crazy. But nice. Crazy took a little bit of prodding for him to kind of... Took a lot you know, of prodding for me. I kept telling him, it's good. good, it's good. I go, you got it. You got to keep working it. We'll get it. We'll get it. It's, there's something about this that's, you know... Now, do you come in with a riff and then, Jack, you write uh, lyrics depends. and melody on top of it? It or depends. How does it, work? it depends. It's it goes all, all either way because I'll come to Rob and I'll go, okay, go, okay, go, 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 spy versus spy. He's like, what? I don't really hear it. I, I can just <laughs> take it and do it and make it happen. And he does. You know, Excellent. but then he'll come to me with the lyrical idea or a song with the lyrics and, you know, I'll add a couple words or a couple phrases or change a few things. But, you know, it really is a true collaboration, more so than, than I've ever had with anyone. Very yeah, we cool. mix and wow. match it all up. In a, in a, you know, like it's my brainchild, I always come in with um, a melody in, in mind and I'll be singing some kind of sort of lyrics. Like on Don't Let Me Go, I was actually singing Don't Let Me Go, Just Hold Me Tight, just over and over and over. And then he wow. came in and went, Don't Let Me Go, Don't Let Me Go. And he started adding stuff to it. And then we work the lyrics, but we rework everything together. So when he has an idea, he comes in with the guitar in his head and melodies in his head. And then I've got to come in and kind of go, oh, okay, let me tweak Try and balance these both. Yeah, and make them work. Make, make, make the chords work over what I'm singing, you know? But we'll work it. It doesn't even really matter. It's like if there's a solo, and sometimes he'll be singing along to the solo I'm doing, because most of the solos I template them, and they were pretty close to what they ended up being. But he'll sing along and I go, hey, I like that. I'm going to use that, you know? And I'll come back and I'll, and I'll tweak the solo to maybe something like um, Blame It on the Night there was a little thing he sang along to it the very beginning of the solo and I went I'm going to take that you'll never remember <laughs> and I don't know what he he's talking know. about <laughs> I'm no kidding bo, 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 that thing and I was like hmm I like that I'll use it because there's I was gonna say this is good news for us, the fans, because it sounds like you two have like you're really in sync with when you're writing together, and that's a hard yeah. thing to find. It's it's right? almost an impossible yeah. thing to find. You know, I thought I'd found that years ago, and that was, you know, to the way I feel the music that we're working on now is you know miles above that. Now, sign of the times. I know that Tony worked on that as well. Was it all three of you guys? It was. I mean. They initially these I guys. Think it was, yeah, Tony and I got together. They had initially. It, they had that beginning part and they brought it in. Yeah, and, and then, then we, we could, put it down. And I listened to it. And went, oh man, I had an idea for a chorus right away and a bridge and a chorus. And I go, or not a bridge. It was a pre-chorus and a chorus, and then the solo section. And then I was like, let me do this. And then we just started working it together. And we actually yeah, finished the lyrics. It. Yeah, well, we actually we had went, we had so many different lyrics to that song. Probably, probably four, <laughs> four, at least five four, different yeah. versions. We were just it was it was really it was like it was giving tough. birth, man. It was, to the it was other a tough end. one. But when it finally happened, it probably happened within five minutes. You know, it's it's pretty cool that you, when it when it's right, you know it. But before it's right, 
you know it's not yet right. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, that is And that'll strange. happen, and we have to trust each other on that. For example, he saw it coming. We were writing lyrics to that, and there was some pretty cool lyrics to it, but it was kind of written about Jody Arias, if you remember her. Right, right, And right. we're going, these are pretty cool lyrics, and at the end of the night, and I was, he was going, no, something's not right, it's just not right. I'm, and I'm oh. kind of going, oh, we got it, it's done, are you kidding me? I was kind of like wanting to keep that, but he kept going, no, no, it's not right. And I was like, okay, fine, fine, let's see, I'm, you know, I'm going to trust you on it. And then all of a sudden he yep. saw it coming. I can't remember exactly how it all came up, but it was... You say my time Yeah, but that's... He, that's he, those he, lyrics he, he came up with that first that, part yeah. of it, and I went, oh, yeah, that's way better. And then we actually took it from there and... Um, went we in different ways, right. We went, yeah. yeah ly- uh, lyrically, we went different ways, too. Totally. We were talking about the storyline, which is me being a young kid, you know, uh, falling in the rock and roll thing, and then going into where I'm at now in my life, being older, you know, and... Um, and seeing his career and what people think of all the stuff that's happened to me and actually still coming back and pulling it off, you know? So it's uh, it's been amazing. That's what the record's about. It's about, you know, um, rebirth, you know? One of the things that I read that you said in a, in a previous interview really struck me as a, a, just a very cool thing. This is kind of a little off topic of the record, but you, you had a quote that you said, right now you're treating everyone better than you have treated people in the past. And I just think that's such a cool thing. You're, you're, you said you're treating your band, your wife, your spouse, everybody. And it's, how did you get to that point? It's such a cool thing that like, you know, you're in a great place right now. Well, you know, I'll just hit on one thing. When you say I'm treating my band better, what I'm trying to say is just is I'm trying to be a better leader, you know, because I've let this go a lot in a lot of ways. And, you know, what I do determines the fate of not just myself, but I have to think of everybody else's family now. And I'm really starting to get that, you know, which that was lost upon me before because that's just who I am. You know. Well, it's it's really. I'm not sure that every person in your position would be cool enough to to actually really care about all the different people in their band. And like you said, you feel like a responsibility well, to to, to think of these family. guys. That's they're, that's great to really hear. My family. I don't spend any. I don't spend any more time with anybody else than these guys. You know, these guys, I spend my time mostly with them. Right. The reason I brought that up is because I think that would be a great lesson just for everybody to, to really stop and think, you know, maybe it would be cooler if I just try to treat the people around me a little bit better. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. We're absolutely And it's really kind of like a spiritual thing, too. I mean, if you're treating people better, I mean, it can only be better. Everything can only be better. You know, if you're not treating people properly, how do you think that's going to come around at you? I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's just true. It's pretty it's simple. Cool. Yeah, it's it is pretty, pretty simple, simple, actually, yeah. Now, you know what? I, I want to talk a little bit more about the record, but before that, I want to... You guys have such a great partnership going on. How did you guys hook up? Because I know you played with Fight back in the day, and uh, when did you guys hook up together? Just for our listeners who may not know. Um, almost five and a half years now. Well, you know, actually, it was six years ago that we yeah. met, over six years ago. Yeah. Um, he was laid up. <laughs> he was not in good shape. I and, wasn't and in the shape to be writing any songs. His <laughs> former uh, great white drummer, Derek Pontier, I met him at a, a NAM jam. And it's funny because we just filmed a video for the second single. And it happens to be the same place that I met Derek. And he came in with uh, this guy, Dario, who ended up, they were in the original incarnation of the band. Um, and he was saying, hey, let's go out and meet Jack. And I was going, okay, cool. So we drove out to the desert and he was out there. And 
he was in no shape to do music. <laughs> it was like, wow, look at this guy. Mm. But I still, I came out, you know, I came out again and we hung out all day and I brought my guitar and was trying to play for him, but he kind of wasn't having any of it. And then I was like, yeah, this isn't going to really work. And then we just kind of parted ways after that. And then nine months later, he, Dario had been talking to him and he called me up and said, hey, he's doing better. You should come meet him. And he didn't remember me. And then I walked into his boat. He's living in a boat at this time. And I walk into the boat and he looks at me and goes, you kind of look familiar. And I'm like, yeah, we hung out quite a bit, but that's all right. You know? All right. Now that you mention it, I, it's funny. Now I do start to remember things. I, mean, I remember, just kinda looking I remember being in the backyard and sitting on the chairs. Yeah. And you were playing guitar. And I remember that part. I was trying to go, hey, you know, check it out. I yeah, he's trying to bit. play a song. You know, like, and I was playing I'm, along some of his I'm tunes. like, look, meanwhile, I'm looking at my vodka to see if there's enough in the cup, you know. Nope. <laughs> Got to go hang on. Just hang on to that song idea. <laughs> that sounds good. Hey, on, on, the, on the record, uh, your, your, vo- your vocals are great. The, your, your voice has held up all these years. And, and, you know, a lot of my favorite vocalists, sadly, that hasn't happened to. And now, how, you, do you do anything special to make that happen? Or are you just It's magic. Yeah, I use fairy dust. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're you're no, really you know, because you know, it, not everybody can do that. It's not luck, man. It's not luck. It's training. It's training. Well, okay, it's training. Very cool. Very cool. You look at the singers that last the longest, or the ones that were trained. Look wow. at Robert Mason. He's a trained singer. You yeah. know what I mean? His voice, you know, is his voice. Whether it's unique enough to do, but he's got a great voice. Yep. You know what I mean? He's trained. Yeah, That's the difference. Cool. If you yeah. train and you warm up, I got to take. I got to wake up seven hours before the show so I can start warming my voice up six hours before the show at every hour, you know, on intervals. Yeah. Boy, so no matter what works. I'm doing, I got to do that. No matter yeah. if I'm in an elevator, if I'm in a radio station, I'm in the bathroom doing a warm up. You know what I mean? Because warming down, very important. Yeah. It, it definitely works, and uh, and that's why the record sounds great, and that's why the live stuff sounds great. Uh, one more thing before we, we close up is that another treat for the fans is that uh, you've got Tony in the band again. This yeah. Time on guitar, and Yeah, I just think that's a cool thing. Yeah, well, he, he started on bass, and right. then, then we booted our other guitar player for, <laughs> well, for whatever. Um, you know, Tony goes, hey, can I play guitar? I said, I don't know. Can you? He goes, Jack, I used to be a guitar player teacher when you hired me. Right. I went, oh, that's right. That's right. You play guitar. That's right. And I go, okay, well, let's see what you got. You know what I mean? He played me the tape, and I was like, you got the job. Okay, you're right. You gotta <laughs> learn, but you got to learn keyboards and harmonica. That's great. Which, yeah. Speaking of keyboards, I'm going to close Almost up. did. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to uh, uh, wrap it with, uh, uh, with something about keyboards that... I just want to tell you so you guys can laugh at, at this and laugh at me on this one thing. Uh, back in the day, I uh, was playing Once Bitten, Twice Shy in a, in a cover band. And somehow we didn't get a chance to rehearse it and there was some miscommunication over what key the song was going to be in. And I swear to God, the band's playing, I come in, the piano part, the wrong key completely. And it just it's one of those train wreck moments on stage that you're just like... <laughs> What am I gonna do? By the by, the next you know verse, I was back on again, but it was pretty bad. I got I got a better one for you. This is the best one I've ever seen. We were sitting at this place called the Woodstock in Anaheim, California, and it's where all the bands would go to play. We lived about a block from here at one point. Great, really great white Dante Fox days, and uh, <laughs> there was this band 
and we were watching them. There's like 20 people in the room. It was a beer bar. So we'd go in and we'd drink beers for free, you know, because we play there all the time. And we'd watch the local, you know, other idiots come in. And this one band, they were called Bad Review. I'll never forget it. And the guy goes, we're Bad Review. And the drummer goes to count off four in the cowbell. And the third thing, the cowbell falls off. And the room is just, up. people were just laughing. And I'm going, man, how are they going to come back after that? That is friggin' hilarious. And, oh, God. Then it just kept getting, it just it got, just kept getting worse. It got worse. Man. Oh, it got worse. We had to leave. It was Bad <laughs> it was, Review, they man. They drove you out. Oh, God. It was horrible. I mean. And the name was Bad Review? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. They got a that, Bad Review yeah. after that Oh, my game. God. That was, it was just, it's, I, we still <laughs> laugh about that. It's so hysterical. A classic. Well, guys, I really appreciate you taking the time to come. Thank you very much. It was a major Thank festival. You. Thank you. You guys sounded great. This was a real treat for, for me personally, and I really appreciate it. Right on. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much.
get an ID, you guys can do uh, two different IDs or one together where you say your name and you're listening to in your band and you're listening to Talking Metal. That's the name of the show. Hey, this is Jack Russell and Jack Russell's Great White and you're listening to Talking Metal. Well, I thought you were going to hand it over and do it. How are you getting back and forth? We could do that. We could do one of those too. All right, let's do it. Hey, this is Jack Russell and Jack Russell's Great White. No, you're supposed to go, this is Jack Russell and I'm going to go, this is Robbie Lochner. Oh, no. I don't care about you. You just got to be the voice in the background. <laughs> you're just the voice in the background. It sounds like it. All right. Hey, this is Jack Russell. And Robbie Lochner. From Jack Russell's Great White. And you're listening to what? <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I'm going, like, why don't I just, why don't I just stop this? Talking Metal. Shh, here we go. This is Robbie Lochner from Jack Russell's Great White, and you are listening to Talking Metal. <laughs> I cannot talk to you. You cannot do that. <laughs> you pussy. <laughs> I'll kick your ass. You want to do another one together? Let's do another Talking Metal. Hey, this is Jack Russell. And Robbie Lochner from Jack Russell's Great, Great White, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Yeah. Thank you guys. You got it, man. And can we can we get a photo?